This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, bro And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep, we Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And I'm Barry Rosenfeld And... I want to say happy medicine Monday so bad, but I just feel like we need to come up with a new, a new. It's never medicine Monday. It's just never <laughs> medicine Monday. Um, happy Monday. It's, you know, my, I'm, I'm trying to think of another, it's a muggy Monday. It's a little <laughs> humid outside. <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm not ready how for was, this. I'm not ready for the heat. How was your weekend? It was nice. It was hot. So hot. Um, But a lot of family time had to spend some time with the fam which was nice but yeah the heat i'm not ready like i'm i'm I'm, i want it to be like a high 60s 70s in the may in the may in may and now it's like about 90 i want it to to be like warm spring weather not like summer weather right now and it's it's stressing me out because like i know i already know i'm gonna be sweaty like july august like that's gonna happen but i'm like i don't want to be blasting the ac now like let me live with the window open i yeah, I turned my AC on for the first time ever, like mm-hmm. this weekend. And, you know, it's just like my I'm not ready to pay for that yet. Like, it just all happened so fast. Oh, God. It's a slippery slope, too, because once you have it on, you get used to it. And then it feels bad to not have it on. And you're like, because, oh, no. I'm just like warm. <laughs> do you want to know what the worst thing ever is? Tell me. Shower, Not showering, but showering and then sweating. When you get out of the shower, yep. uh huh. I can't in the sh- in the summer. The worst is you have to like pre-plan when you're showering before you're going somewhere <laughs> because if you shower too close to the time you're leaving, then you're getting dressed while you're sweaty. It's not good. Um. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> enough of our enough of us complaining about being sweaty. Um. We have a really fun interview in the second half of this episode with Emily Liebert, who worked with yes. both Margaret Josephs and Teresa Judice on their books. She's a ghostwriter and we talk all about ghostwriting and why it is nothing to be ashamed of and her experience of working with the housewives and being on housewives. Um, so definitely stick around for that interview. But before we get into it, we are going to talk about Shaws of Sunset, which was on last night. Barry, how do you feel about Shaws of Sunset? I mean, you know, I feel very strongly about this show. It's <laughs> it's one of my faves. Last night, last night, I know it was only the second episode of the season, but it was a little, it was a little slow for me just because we're already getting into a cast trip. So of course, and there's what what makes it good though is that there is still so much tension with this cast because mm-hmm. we see them take two. I don't know if they both took Hummers like on purpose. Like, I don't know what that, why, was, why they did oh that, my God. but <laughs> they took two there because, which I think was nice. I think that was two, good, like, but not uh, two giant stretch limousines that giant. they were taking from wherever they are in LA to Palm Springs, which is just not that far. And they said two hours, which I, I guess seems 
or is correct. (laughs) They know. (laughs) I don't believe it. Um, (laughs) No, and I loved that Reza and Destiny and Gigi, they were like, you know, separated in these cars by who they have tension with. They had to stop and go grocery shopping on the way there. And they spent $1,700 on two days of groceries, which is the exact same vibe of when the Beverly Hills women went camping a couple of years ago and were just buying the entire grocery store. Okay. So I literally put that in my notes because I was like, group grocery store trips are mayhem. They're mayhem. They're going for, I don't remember how long they're going to prom- like Palm Springs for, but they got like, Seventeen hundred dollars is an is an insane. Like I couldn't wrap my head around that that amount for a grocery store because we've seen housewives spend like hundreds. We saw the uh, New Jersey when they went camping, grab everything, but it's like caged animals you let into the store, and they were just they grab anything they could see. Also, I, they're I'm going to, be- to Palm Springs. There's probably <laughs> grocery stores there if they I'm- need something. I'm trying to, I'm not like a, I'm not like a budgeting kind of girl. So like, I don't know exactly, Mm -hmm. but like, I doubt I spend $1,700 on groceries like in a year. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I do. I I thought you're too, yeah, I, a (laughs) a year is a long time. So like, maybe if you include like order, like ordering food too. What's 17 divided by 52, 1700. I feel like you would know this on like before I would. So, but also guys, if anyone by... out there does budget, like let us know because we, I, my parents oh, have been no. asking me to do that for a really long time. No, 17. And wait, okay. I'm literally going to figure this out. We need to figure this out. <laughs> this, is, this is a crisis. <laughs> because also they got majority they got was cheese. They got a lot of cheese and like hummus okay. and bread. Which Okay. 1700 divided by 52 is $32. So, I feel like I I might spend more than that, but if I needed to, I could make it on $32 a week of groceries. Absolutely. But they did that in one trip and one weekend. it's just, it's just so funny because they entered the house and Reza, I think was expecting like a red carpet and like an applause and everything. But he was mad because it was giving me Ramona vibes. Like truly he was like, Absolutely. we didn't even get greeted and like there's groceries. Okay. But I wanted to reverse a little bit and be like, Reza, they didn't know you were here. Half the house was like in their own rooms. Like they didn't know you were in the house physically yet. So like, just come in and be like, hey, guys, we have a bunch of groceries. Can everyone just come out and help? Like, I don't, well, I thought, seemed very simple to solve. It was interesting. He and the three of them clearly thought that since they bought the groceries, they shouldn't have to unpack the groceries. And it's like, <laughs> I don't know if that's how the world works. But if you really feel mm-hmm. that strongly, just just say it. Like, don't be like, nobody's going to the car to pick up the groceries. It's like, just ask them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I wasn't greeted like I listen and and yeah, exactly, Dylan. It's very simple to just like use your words like with those type situations and just like make it's it a lovely house, especially. Oh my god, I'm really have been always wanting to go to Palm Springs. Never been. It looks very chill and relaxing. I don't know if we, it's not on this trip, but you know, we we have time to to work on that. I no, feel like everyone. I mean, I've been seeing so many people go to Palm Springs lately and I'm like, are there just like, are there just like houses everywhere that are just like available for my like gay friends to have their like drunk weekends? Like I feel like how many houses are there? 
we would have to definitely choose if we go to Palm Springs, if we're spending $1,700 on the house or on the food, because I don't think. Oh, yeah, no, my budget, my budget's not there. We're about to see Beverly Hills go to Palm Springs too. Vanderpump Rules just filmed a trip there. It's the spot. I mean, I I, guess if you're in LA, it makes sense. I guess so. But let me just say that MJ in this season so far should i say but this episode first of all she looks amazing second of all she seems to be like the the what's the word i'm looking for i don't know like the Palm mother figure one or the mo- yeah like the grand dame the grand oh my god mj is a grand dame but like there's no actual fighting going on but like you can feel it with gg and mj because even gg said their fight their arguments and their problems go back years it was never settled so i I feel like i like how they're cordial right now i agree she looks first of all she looks banging in her confessional looks Mm -hmm. so good um but yeah like mj seems to be a little more at peace this season and like she can have her like she still has her issues with people and she can like be involved in the drama, but she doesn't seem as like reactionary or like we definitely see in this episode what Reza, when he's with Nima, like Reza is still that person who can go from like zero to 100 real quick um, and be yeah. like shouting and storming out of the room. Whereas MJ sort of feels like she is like trying to keep a little more of a chill vibe. And I feel like that is, that's like good. I feel that's good. A good choice for her because it doesn't, everything doesn't need to be so heated. You can have your disagreements with someone without it being like, you're a little bitch. Good. Go get your nose done. I, I was like, Reza. And then he goes to call Adam and he was like, I, I, I said something really bad. I called Nima a bitch. And I was like, well, I feel like you've said way worse than that before, but whatever. But I love how then Nima, you go to Nima, Nima goes, 50 50. I'm going to knock him out this at this uh, this trip. I was like, Nima, no, you're not. And then like I was laughing. And then the next scene, it's like, hey, bud, are we good? And then like they high five, which is great. We don't we don't want to see like fighting, whatever. But like they both said stuff that just like didn't make sense. And like it was really like weird and like not Nima grown men to be doing. Nima will never get in a physical altercation because he's too scared that somebody will knock out a tooth. (laughs) He paid good money for those. I, I would imagine. I don't know. But but we also meet MJ's friend London, which like, are we going to be seeing a lot of her this season? I'm not sure. Yes, she, she's OK. She's not. She's like a friend of, but they gave her uh, an official cast photo. So like she definitely is in the group. Fabulous. She seems like she's fitting right in, but also like an educational figure. Right, like she kind of has her shit together, maybe a little more than some of the people in this group. So she kind of like, she's like a friend, but also like a healer, kind of, it seems like. Yes, And she's like getting deep with Gigi about how she feels in her relationships. And she's like telling Nima and Mike, or Nima and Reza that they should like say nice things about each other. It's interesting to have a presence in this group that is like, actually trying to help with the conflict because i feel like normally this is a group where everyone is kind of like very into their own thing and so it's mm-hmm. like you're never gonna have like like destiny is never gonna be like actually putting her own stuff aside to help a situation like it's always gonna be about her and yeah i like london's vibe it's cool that she's gay and like out and proud about it like it's it's she seems like a yeah. fun little addition they go um 
I love how Gigi goes, is she from London? Like they were all like, before they got there, <laughs> no. they're all asking. And then when they saw her, Mike was like, so you're, you're a Persian. Jo-. Mike asks anyone he's in front of, are you Jewish? Are you Jewish? Cause he, like, yeah. he's always like, are you Persian Joe? But, um, you know, I, they all come from the same yet different, uh, backgrounds, I guess. And the way they were like brought up. So right. it's nice to see them all kind of, converse about like what they went through and i like seeing that side of uh, all the cast members on the show but listen i'm very very nervous for next episode because we see paulina arrive and i don't know if that's a surprise which i'm assuming it is but because i don't feel like she was supposed to be on the on the trip but um i'm a little nervous at the same time because uh i don't know if her and mike seem to be in a good place so, like, for her to just, like, arrive at Palm Springs while there is, like, an alleged cheating rumor with this entire group is very concerning to me. Yeah, clearly the group has some mixed feelings about what's going on with Mike and Paulina. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they deal with that next week when Paulina shows up. But with that being said, it is time to grab the skinny pop moment of the day. As we know, endless entertainment calls for endless popcorn. And luckily, every kernel of skinny pop is so light, crunchy, and delicious that I can eat it by the handful or even the bagful. My grab the skinny pop moment from earlier in this episode was when London said that in the group she had only met Reza and then she had kind of met Mike because she met his penis. And I don't know what she means by that. Um, She said that his penis was texting her friend when they were hanging out. Um, I don't know if that is in the form of a dick pic or some more complex metaphor, but I'm interested to find out what she means by that. But I don't actually know if I want all the details, if I'm being honest. I mean, seems like a dick pic. That's just what I'm gathering from that. But like, there is definitely more detail to that we don't know about. But my grab the skinny pop moment. I'm sorry. Got to go back. It's the grocery store trip. It's just like it's everyone running in different aisles back and forth, grabbing whatever. It's almost like they're on supermarket sweep. Like it just gives me a lot of agita watching these groups go grocery shopping. Yeah. So that, that is, I, I, I almost, I needed more skinny pop as long as they were in the grocery store. See what I did there. <laughs> Those are today's grab the skinny pop moments and you can grab skinny pop yourself at retailers nationwide or go to the shop now page on skinnypop.com. Now, like I said before, we have an interview coming up with Emily Liebert, ghost author of Teresa and Margaret's books. So don't go anywhere. It's a really fun interview. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. 
please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Welcome back, everyone. We are now joined by best-selling author Emily Liebert, who you might know from Real Housewives of New Jersey. Emily, thank you for joining us. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm good. How has life been, shall we say? Life has been getting better, <laughs> for well, sure. Well, that's good. That is good. Um, getting out into the world again, you know, going out to dinner and things like that, wearing every piece of jewelry and all the clothing <laughs> I own because I haven't worn them in a year. So, you know. I feel like things turned very quickly and now all of a sudden there's no masks anywhere and I don't know what to do totally. or how to and it's, act. It's weird. It's like I some I went into um, a grocery store yesterday and they were like, it's optional if you want to wear your mask, if you're vaccinated. And I, you feel like you're losing an appendage now when you take the mask <laughs> right. off. It's crazy. I have my, yeah, I have my like Jill Zarin masks and I'm like, what, what's going to happen when I don't use these anymore? <laughs> like hang them on the wall, hang them in like a right. clothesline. <laughs> bronze them, like people, you know, people used to do that with their like little kid shoes. You could yes. bronze them. That is um, very sweet. So Emily, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background as an author? Because obviously people have seen you on Real Housewives and we know kind of a little bit about your work um, in that sphere, but you have a lot of other stuff going on. So can you can yeah. you tell us just a little bit about that? I do. Um, so my quote unquote real job um, when I'm not on Real Housewives um, is writing novels, my own novels in my own name. Um, so I've written seven books of my own and I'm now working on my eighth book. Um, I One of my books, um, Pretty Revenge, which was my sixth book, uh, was just attached to a big actress. Um, so we're hoping, I can't say who, but we're hoping that will become a television show, which would be really oh. exciting. So I'm kind of have my hand in that now and reading writers, screenplays and all sorts of things, which is always fun. Um, I was a travel writer for many years. So I write a travel and books column for all of the lifestyle magazines in Connecticut where I live. And what else do I do? Oh, I have two children. Does that count? <laughs> I two kids. I'm a mom. Remember no, no, that? no. We and don't minor. care. Yeah, who, whatever. Um, <laughs> I have this man who lives here. He calls himself my husband. <laughs> and so I'm also a wife. And um, gosh, what? Oh, and then, and then, you know, I don't want to say as a side gig, but as a side gig, I guess I occasionally ghostwrite books for people who seem fun and interesting to ghostwrite books for. Yes. Okay. So that's how, <laughs> yeah. that's how you came into our sphere and yes. we are so grateful. And I want to know, how did you first get involved in specifically the world of housewives? We know you've worked with Teresa and Margaret. What was kind of, you know, how did that happen? So, when Teresa was writing Standing Strong, her most recent book, um, she was looking for a collaborator, a ghostwriter. And I want to say through our agents and through a mutual person that we knew, um, we I was introduced to Jim, um, who's her lawyer and manager. You've seen him on the show yeah. many times. And um, they needed someone pretty quickly because they had like six weeks to write the book or something really crazy. 
And it just so happened that I had just handed in a novel of my own. And when you do that, you sort of have like a little short waiting period before like the copy edits come back to you. So it was really serendipitous. I just had this window, Mm -hmm. this project kind of fell into my lap and um, Jim and I really connected. And then I met Teresa for dinner one night and literally the next day we started writing the book. Oh, wow. So did you watch the show before yes, working yes. with either? Of course. Okay. You did. I, did, I know. Yes. I'm, Which there's was always really a little helpful. judgy. It was okay, helpful so- in sort of, quote, getting the job because I already knew so much right. about her, you know, or from what I'd seen on television. And Teresa is really, with her, she's what you see is what you get. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, there were no big surprises. She's a really amazing person. She's an amazing mom and she's become mm-hmm. a very good friend of mine. That was something I wanted to ask about, you know, kind of knowing some context of her life and what had gone on. Do you think it's, is it more difficult if you have to kind of just take what they tell you and not have any kind of additional information about that person? Or do you like having kind of a blank slate to work from? No, I like knowing as much as I can. Um, so there's another television personality that I'm working with now (laughs) who I also can't say who not a housewife um but I hadn't watched her show prior to the job coming to me and so I binged like seven seasons of the show because and I are like trying to calculate who it is (laughs) you want to get an understanding also to like who the people are in their lives um right and it's much easier that way when they reference them. So with Teresa, I was lucky because I had already, I didn't have to right. do that. I had already been watching the show. And then I also wrote with Margaret Josephs. Um, and interestingly, she did not come to me through Teresa. Um, she came to me through her hairdresser, um, Julius Michaels. And um, he, uh he had also worked with Tamara and another friend of mine and we knew each other and she had said she was looking to write a book. And it just so happened that like my friend was at the hairdresser that day and my name came up. And so that's how that happened. Um, she did let Teresa, we did let Teresa know, right. and, you know, make sure it was like cool with her, but that was well after Teresa's book had come out. So, um, so yeah. And that's I want to awesome. read a Tamara judge book. That sounds yeah. Uh, Yeah, well, um, you know, she was wanting to write one for a while, but um, just ended up for whatever reason, it was many years ago, it ended up not happening. Um, But I am also working, which I can say I'm working with um, Bronwyn as well. Oh, amazing. Oh, she, if anyone has like some juicy stories to tell, I feel like it's going to be tell. Bronwyn. She's got a yeah. lot going on. <laughs> um, that's amazing. Um, Do you find working with someone as a co-author easier than writing your own or is it just a completely different process? It's a very different process. And I kind of go back and forth. Um, so before I started writing my own books, I would have called myself more of a journalist. I was a magazine editor. I wrote for a lot of magazines, newspapers. I used to work at ABC News. And the ghostwriting kind of appeals and satisfies that part of my work personality because it's more of an interviewing process Mm -hmm. and a talking about your stories and a going back and forth. So I love that. But when I usually, when I finished a ghostwrite, I'm like ready to like, 
close myself in a room by myself and write my own book. And then I'm lonely and I want to do another ghost ride <laughs> and actually interact <laughs> with somebody. Um, so yeah, it, they, they are very different. I, the ghost rights are easier because I don't have to make up a plot. The story right. is already there and I don't have to like, you know, like figure out the story and, you know, put things in that are going to surprise people or worry about that aspect of it. So I would say they're easier in that way. What's more challenging, of course, is that I have to get the person's voice exactly right because it's written in their voice in the first mm-hmm. person. And with my own books, it's my voice or the voices that I created of the characters. So that's easier from that perspective. I will say we had Margaret on the podcast when her book came out earlier this year and we both read part of the book and like from the first page, I was like, oh, it sounds like Margaret. So good job, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Margaret was very, very collaborative in this process and she wrote a lot. She edited a tremendous amount. She added a lot of stuff. She really did a great job of once the first draft was done because we didn't have a lot of time either. We had a little more time, but we only had nine weeks, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is a really short. I ended up writing Teresa's book in like five and a half weeks, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it sounds crazy. (laughs) I write my books in probably five, six months, and that's actually considered very quick for novels. Um, But between five and nine weeks is crazy. I'm actually writing another book right now for um, a big CEO and designer of a fashion brand. Emily, and you're killing us with these. There are a lot, and I couldn't see it is yet. Basically, she, will, the, she will announce it soon, though. Moral um, of the story, you got to follow Emily, because clearly you have a lot of exciting yes, projects um, coming up. Um, I'm at Emily Liebert on Instagram, so it's easy to find. But it was funny because we just got the deal for her book, And she was like, it's due in like December. And I was like, what? We have six months to write the book. She's like, should we get going? Like, should we? I was like, this is amazing. I've written every other ghostwriter in like nine weeks, five to nine weeks. And now all of a sudden I have six months. So I'm like, woo! Listen, it takes me longer to read a book in that time than to write one. So you're good. It takes longer to read some books too. I got it. It's hard to find time to read, right? Uh, Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like as someone who I like writing, I write for my job, but I haven't written a book or even tried to write a book. It's like, in my mind, I'm like, I don't know. It takes three years to write a book. So it's, it's interesting to hear that long. I mean, that is a thing. It does take people that long. So it's um, interesting to hear that your process can be kind of adapted to what the deadline is in some of these cases. Yeah. You got to hustle. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, so in awe, like I've never, I don't think I've ever talked to or interviewed an author. And even when I read a book, I'm always like, how did that, it takes so much talent that I feel like is not, maybe, maybe it's recognized. Maybe I don't think it, but it's just so crazy that you think of these. And in my mind, the readers are like, what's next? What's next? But on the other end, there's someone who wrote that, like, so that person (laughs) knows what comes next and what happens. And it's just like, it's so cool. You don't, you have like a talent that not everyone can do. I feel very underappreciated too. Thank you for saying that. I I mean, recognize you. I wish people would, you know, sort of like obsess over me a little bit more. (laughs) 
I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences. Every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So speaking of being maybe underappreciated, do you think that there are any misconceptions about co-authoring or ghostwriting that you know, people kind of look down on it, or I know on Housewives even, it's been kind of used as, you know, an attack on someone's character that they had a ghostwriter. Oh, yes, I was part of that conversation. I was I like, oh, I feel like she has an answer to this one. <laughs> um, I, I do. I feel like there's a misconception that when someone ghostwrites a book, they just write the entire thing and that the person you're ghostwriting for has no involvement in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's completely not true. Um, the first book that I wouldn't say ghost wrote, but it was a collaborative effort. Um, I more edited it was um, Carrie Kennedy's book, um, Being Catholic Now, which was, I think, in 2009. And she, I mean, she did all the interviews. Um, so she really did all of the legwork um, with Teresa's book, also completely collaborative. Margaret's very, very much so. It's really a back and forth. Um, they tell me their story. I sort of write a first draft. I send it to them. They make changes, add stuff, subtract stuff. We talk about stuff. So there's this misconception that it's this horrible thing to have a ghostwriter write your book. But Michelle Obama had a ghostwriter. I mean, everyone who is not a writer, I mean, I'm not going to try to like go be a lifeguard or go be a, you know, a psychologist or something like that. That's not my job. So I would need someone to help me with that. Um, Those might be the two worst examples I could ever get. But but the point is that these people are not writers. They They have other jobs and they do other things. And yes, they know their voice. Yes, they can contribute and collaborate. But there's a misconception that people who ghostwrite just don't do any of the writing on their book. And that's just not true. I feel like, yeah, it's important because obviously these people have stories that are worth, you know, telling in a book, but just because you don't have the skill set to like sit down and write 300 pages doesn't mean that 
we shouldn't get to right. enjoy that book, you know? In a lot of cases with someone like Margaret, I mean, she's filming the show. She's running a hugely successful company, which is, it takes a lot of work. She's, you know, renovating her house. She's, they have a zillion things going on. And one thing I really got to see when I wrote with Teresa, she wasn't filming at the time. They had just ended filming. But with Margaret, obviously, since I was on the show, the filming was going on during our writing. And it's a tremendous time suck. And um, it really, you know, there's a lot of last minute and we're coming today, we're coming tomorrow, we're staying all day. We're, you know, so your schedule really isn't your own. It's tough. Yeah. Were you ever uncomfortable being on the show or you just looked at it as part of the job? Part of the job. Yeah. Um, it's not like, I, I mean, I've gotten 90,000 messages now from people asking if I'm joining <laughs> the cast. I am not joining the Housewives of New Jersey. One really obvious thing is I don't live in New Jersey. <laughs> so <laughs> you- I cannot Housewives of New Jersey. I was asked many years ago to interview for Housewives of New York um, when strangely also I lived in Westchester, not Manhattan. So I don't know how that would have worked out. They said something about me like moving into my parents' apartment, which was hysterical because that was not happening with my whole family. Oh my Um, goodness. Yeah. They try to, you know, like, and I'm not the person who's going to go like rent a house or an apartment somewhere just so I can be on a show. Um, Right. It's so fun to do it, just like come on and do it for a few episodes and hang. But honestly, the, there was one episode that you probably saw where um, the cast came on my boat. And by the end of filming that day, which was a full day, I felt like I had been run over by a train. Like I had dinner plans that night and I had to cancel them because I literally didn't have any life left in me. <laughs> totally. People think it's not a hard job being a housewife and it totally is. We get it. <laughs> it is. It's funny. You know, people are say like models have it easy, but they like they do it. You know, and models are like, it's not easy. You know, it's not well, easy. You heard it here yeah. first. Exclusive season 12 casting news. Emily Liebert is not joining <laughs> right. in New Jersey. In any of the franchises. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm, I'm curious. So we know that you're still good friends with Teresa. You, you know, yes. you were at the Halloween party that we saw on the show. You posted for her birthday. What is it like transitioning from writing with someone to just having them in your life in a more general capacity? It's really easy. I mean, Teresa and I hit it off immediately. Like the very first day I showed up at her house, she was like, I love you. I love you. And then she's like, you need Botox right there (gasps) and there. And you need some hair extensions. And I was like, don't hold back. Like, tell it to me, you know? And then we went in her closet and I was like, really, are we wearing this? Like, we just hit it off immediately. And um, we, you know, it's been, I think, four or five years now since her book came out. And um, I don't, think of her in that way anymore. Like I was just texting with her last night. Uh, so I watched the, um, I, I never get to watch something in real time, but I watched the reunion last night in bed because I thought you might ask me something about it. And I didn't want to embarrass myself. So I watched it and um, I was, I was texting with her and actually with Jennifer, uh, Jennifer this morning, who's also a great girl. Well, thank you for prepping for our show, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll bite. Have you met Louie? I have not met him in person yet. We have spoken over the phone. 
And I was bummed. The last time I was at her house, he was on his way there, but I had to run. Um, so I, I didn't get to meet him in person, but um, we just are, were texting about making some plans. So, um, but I'm, I'm so happy for her. So, so happy for her. We had oh, Dolores on a couple of weeks ago and she was just gushing about Teresa's newfound love. So definitely it seems like everyone's on the same page there. Yeah, he seems like a really great guy. He seems to be just over the moon for her. And the fact that the girls like him is a really big deal. Teresa's daughters, um, you know. That's amazing. So we're all extremely happy for her. Good. My only um, bummer is and find her a nice Jewish guy, which is what she thought she wanted. Well, you can look for me. You can definitely look for me. Great. Like, don't, don't okay. stop. Don't stop looking. I'm on it. Just funnel the I'm request to Barry. Um, okay, so then one more. Do you think that Jennifer Aiden has a book in her future? Because she loves to talk. So I feel like she could, she, <laughs> she could does. have a lot to I'd say. I'd never say never. Uh, you know, that's definitely a possibility for Jennifer. I think she, um, I think she would have great stuff to say. Oh gosh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous <laughs> of that. <laughs> Where to come? So, okay. So, what is next for you? Are you? You said you're in the middle of writing a book, or you're you're going to start writing a book? Can you tell us that? I am just um, sort of mapping out um, my own next novel, so that's exciting because that's always um, fun to figure out what I'm going to write about and stressful. Yeah, and because um, <laughs> you want it to be good. And um, I'm working on a few um, ghostwriting projects, which are in different phases and definitely loving that. So, you know, if anyone out there is looking for a great ghostwriter and you're interesting and you think someone's going to want to read your book, uh, let me know. I've gotten a lot of people reaching out to me after the show. Um, Everyone in the world apparently has an amazing story <laughs> that has to be told But by the way, all their friends think would make an amazing book. Of Go course. Figure. Of course. And, um, but that doesn't <laughs> mean it won't. And actually there's another housewife book coming out soon by Brian Moylan. Do you guys know him? Yes. Yeah. And I'm doing, um, an event with him in, uh, Westport uh, for him. I'm hosting a event at Barnes and Noble, uh, in June for him, which is exciting. Amazing. Um, so you he, he did very write busy. some funny, you know, sarcastic things about me and my boat in his column. And so I had to, <laughs> you know, kill him with kindness and throw him a book party. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just uh, doing my thing. And if everyone wants to follow me, as I said, I'm at Emily Liebert on Instagram. Come join the fun. <laughs> We definitely, we definitely will. We can't wait to find out what all of these uh, these projects you're teasing yeah. are because I'm sure yeah, they're going to be. I'll have to come back. I'll have yes. to come back and tell you about. We them. would love of to course. have you. Totally. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Emily. This has been so fun. Thanks for having uh, go me. go follow her. Check out her novels as well. And yeah, enjoy. Thanks, and I got to find Barry a man. Yes, yes, please, that's the you. next order Prioritize, of business. Prioritize, please, before your next novel. Seriously, thank you right. so much. I'm just going to set the Stop book aside out. for now. <laughs> Team find Barry a boyfriend. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. All right, bye, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Emily. We will be back on Tuesday night with another episode. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow this podcast so you don't miss anything. And just be cool. Don't be all, like, uncool. 
Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales-Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.